Welcome to the Bravo Papers, a safe space for all us Bravo fans who love to analyze, deconstruct, and talk about our favorite Bravo shows ad nauseum. So join me, Bravo and Botox, and we'll catch up on all the Bravo news and read way too much into our favorite shows and Bravo liberties. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Bravo Papers, Bravo Weekly News. I am your host, Bravo and Botox, here to update you on the Bravo breaking news from the past week. First of all, I just want to say thank you to those of you who sent me messages about the new music intro. You know, it took me forever to choose new music, but, you know, I wanted something that I felt suited, you know, the vibe of the podcast and my brand, and I feel like it does. And I've only gotten positive comments, so thank you. Um, And, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I can to keep improving. I've got a new mic. I'm trying more things with editing, trying to get better sound. You know, that being said, with this new mic, which is a good mic, um, it picks up even more sound. So if you happen to hear children's voices today, my apologies. You know, my daughter has a couple friends over for playing and um, you know how, you know, how good kids are at those indoor voices. (laughs) So before we get into the news, uh, please rate, review and subscribe. Please give me a five star rating. It really helps, you know, the podcast kind of go up in the podcast algorithm. Um, And if you enjoy my content and, you know, whether it's my Bravo and Botox content or the podcast content and you want to support me, you can join my Patreon. $5 a month will get you four extra podcasts a month. Um, A great deal. So um, a few topics that I've been covering lately on the Patreon would be things like just things that are on my mind that I can't stop thinking about in relation to Bravo. Like last week, I went through all the possible pros and cons of having Monica back on Salt Lake City. And I had like a really long list for (laughs) pros and cons and kind of weighed them out. And then, you know, people are able to comment, you know, on Patreon, you can comment on the episodes, the podcast episodes, unlike um, regular podcasts. That's what's cool about Patreon is I really get to interact with the people who are subscribed. And then I talked about Kim and Kyle Richards and that very interesting discussion they had in the kitchen uh, two episodes ago about, you know, Kim talking about how she loves her mom, but was so mad at her for so long and all that kind of stuff. So I I did an analysis of that. So that's the kind of stuff that you would get with the Patreon. Um, You know, and when I do a new Bravo paper, uh, like the Richard sisters, etc., I try to release it early uh, on Patreon as well. Okay, so let's get into the news. Let's get into why you're here. It is Monday, January the 8th. Did I just say January the 8th? Oh my god. What planet am I on? I was looking at last week's. I'm so sorry. It's the 15th. Ignore me. And there is, there's news. All right. So let's talk first about Orange County, because although it's not on right now, there is some drama 
with the Tres Amigas. Um, we all saw that they, quote unquote, broke up, the three of them. So basically, the Tres Amigas were doing this like tour, right, with like appearances and stuff. And then Tamara all of a sudden posted on Instagram with a pic of just herself from the Tres Amigas photo shoot and wrote Uno. So, which some people have been like, why is Tamara using like the promo shoot that they did with the three of them on her own if they had, you know, the other two are dumping her essentially. So, and that is a little weird. I can see why people are saying that. So then Vicky posted um, basically like a Shannon and Vicky live comedy tour poster. So here's what's going on. Vicky's mad at Tamara for not being loyal to Shannon Bedore and befriending Alexis Bellino. Okay, so that part's kind of obvious. I'm more here to update you on all the little back and forths that are going on, on on social media. So basically, you know, Vicky commented on a post and said that Tamara unfollowed her because she called her out on her loyalty. Like, why are you befriending Alexis Bellino? And I mean, that is so Tamara because, you know, Tamara loves mess and Tamara will always, 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 there's one thing Tamara will do. It's put the show and being relevant with the show ahead of her friendships. So, of course, she would do this. Like, this is shocking to no one, I think. Um, you know, does do I think she really gives a shit about Alexis Bellino and, like, really all of a sudden is just like, I want to be friends with Alexis Bellino? Like, no, I think she she knows Alexis is making a play to get back on OC. And she's like, okay, I'm going to welcome her into the friend group because that's how she plays it. Now... Tamara is is kind of trying to play it like she's doing this because Shannon is, you know, messed up, has addiction issues. She doesn't want to be an enabler, but we'll get to that. So basically, Vicky said Tamara unfollowed her because she called her out on her loyalty, as I said. And then Tamara, so Tamara replied on social media and said, especially when that person is lying to the world, in brackets, proof on that too. I'm not an enabler. Someone could have died with a bunch of exclamation points. I don't want to be part of that toxicity anymore. So I'm assuming she's referring, well, we're all assuming she's referring to Shannon's DUI. But it, here's the thing, and here's why I can't trust Tamara. Because she's all this, all of a sudden, Tamara's on this moral high horse, right? Like, she's been friends with Shannon this whole time. She's been friends with her for, you know, yes, I know they've had their ups and downs and on and off with friendship, but they've been friends for a long time. And Shannon has likely had a drinking problem from the start. That was one of the things that Tamara liked about her. Like, I remember, remember, like, that one of those first episodes where they were at Shannon's house and Shannon was like, you know, let's get trashed, right? And Tamara was like, oh my God, she's so fun. She's so much more fun than Heather. Like Heather's such a drag. So all of a sudden, Tamara's not an enabler anymore. I don't know. I have to side eye it. If it was someone else, I could maybe take them at their word, but it's Tamara. So we can't. Um, 
so, you know, she seemed like so sad and taken aback by the DUI. And she was like, just posted that picture of her and like the three of them together. And like, you know, was like just being like, I love my friend. I'm a supportive friend. And now all of a sudden, I, you know, someone could have died. Like she's just really changed her tune. I think the truth is that she probably, like I said, is doing this for drama, but I think she also maybe just wanted Shannon to like get it, to be like, okay, fine, I'll let you be friends with Alexis for, you know, the sake of drama and the show. And, you know, Shannon is probably like, no, because Shannon has real feelings for this man because it was her, you know, guy that she loved. Now, do I think you know, that Shannon is not in the wrong at all. No, she, I mean, she shouldn't have done what she did. And she's clearly in denial, you know, about her drinking problem because we saw that she she said she feels like, oh, you know, the police, that they targeted her and tried to make an example of her because she's famous. Like, no, Shannon, we all saw the video. We all saw you drive into someone's house. That's, that was you. I don't think you were being targeted. You made yourself a target. <laughs> so anyways, yeah, I, you know, a lot of drama here. And then, so we know that Tamara is on the new season of The Traders. Now, Vicky responded and said, and said, I thought this was kind of funny. She's like, perfect show for you <laughs> with exclamation points. And then Tamara replied with this whole like, Oh, yeah, well, I'm really proud to be part of an Emmy-nominated Emmy um, reality show. Too bad you didn't get asked or something like that. So, yeah, the online clapbacks are they're pretty good here. Um, also, Alexis Bellino has gotten a formal, allegedly has gotten a formal offer from Bravo for the next season of OC. I'm always very cautious when I'm reporting on offers for new seasons because, you know, for Housewives, because there, I would say that there is nothing else in the Bravo online Twitterverse, Instagramverse, whatever, that garners more falsities than casting. Casting is always the thing that the amount of rumors that come out about casting after every season, especially New Jersey, but after every season of every show is unreal. And you know, they're 70% of them end up being false. So I just made that number up, but the majority end up being false. So the point is that I'm taking it with a grain of salt until I hear it from, you know, like Bravo TV or, you know, people or some magazine that is, or some publication that is legit. Because um, so far I just keep seeing it like, on Twitter and social media posts without a really clear source, unless I missed it and there has been an update on that. Um, but we shall see. And if I hear anything, it'll certainly be on my Instagram. So you can check back there. Anytime there's an update, I always share to my stories at Bravo and Botox. Okay. Um, let's talk about New Jersey because, you know, I kind of like upped New Jersey in the order of what I was going to go through today. Because, you know, Salt Lake City and Beverly Hills are getting a lot of attention. But there was an interesting Joe Gorga story recently. 
um, that it did get quite a bit of traction online, but maybe not as much as if this had been done by like Louis or something. But, you know, let's talk about it. So Joe Gorga was seen storming at a referee during his son's wrestling match. Now, a lot of people say he was storming at the boy, like the boy that his son was wrestling with. For me, you know, I've watched the video a few times. It's it's hard to tell because they're both there. You know, the referee's right. Like was with sorry with wrestling, the referee is right there because they have to kind of like, you know, get down and look in and make sure that they're not poking each other's eyes out or whatever, right? So, anyways, so Joe Gorga starts charging and he goes right onto like the gym floor or the mat or whatever, which is a big no-no for any of you who have kids in sports. And I mean, listen, I grew up not very athletic, but my brother was a really good hockey player. And did my dad sometimes get a little carried away? Yeah. Um, I remember like my in-laws, my father-in-law told me that he was like, at one point asked to leave because he was you know, chirping or yelling out too much. And that's how it should be, right? This is, you know, when it's teenagers and younger, it's like, you know, this is supposed to be for fun and a sport. And when you have the parents being toxic like that, especially when there's a threat of physicality, like somebody storming on, you should absolutely be ejected. There's no room for that, in my opinion. Right. And I'm not saying like, I don't like, obviously, I've heard of that happening. Um, and that was something that used to happen even more in the past, but they've they've tightened the rules. Right. Like, I remember, like, when I'm talking about my examples, those are from like the 80s and 90s. Right. But even now they're even more strict. Right. Like you can get kicked out for a lot more if you're disturbing. Whereas in the past, I think they let they let it slide more. But then things happen. People have gotten to like serious fights, like physical fights between parents, people really hurting each other. So that's why they're so strict about it. Um, I mean, if you do a quick Google search, you'll find a lot of stories about that. So Joe says the boy stuck his tongue out at him, <laughs> which is so stupid. Like, I get it. I get if you're like, you see this boy breaking. Okay. So according to Joe, Basically, the kid was doing things that he shouldn't have been doing that the referee was not catching, like putting, like poking his son in the eye or something like that. Okay, yeah, that happens. Sometimes referees miss things. They can't always see everything, but you also have to, You that doesn't give Joe the right to storm the mat. It just doesn't. It really doesn't. Like you have to let, your son is a teenager. You've got to let him he can step back and be like, this kid just did this to me or whatever. Like you, you storming up onto the thing is not, is not going to help. Um, anyways, so Joe says the boy stuck his tongue out at him, which I'm like, so is that, so are you admitting that you charged at a teenage boy during a wrestling match? Is that like, okay. So then Joe and Melissa, obviously, on their podcast or on Melissa's podcast, they talked about this. Um, so Joe said, 
Our whole life is a reality show, all right? I can't even go. I can't even go to a wrestling matches anymore. It's a reality show. Everything's a reality show. It's ridiculous. Leave me the hell alone. Let me be with my son or something. My God. Okay, the problem, like this is, he's so, he's such a deflector. The problem is not that you're on a reality show. The problem is that you charged on to the gym floor and charged at a teenage boy or a referee and either way it's bad and lost your temper that's the problem someone filmed you yes but people film regular people who do that too like so he should expect like i'm sorry if i was just as just a regular person nowadays people love pulling out their phone when they see like a person having a karen moment or whatever like that's like the new thing and it goes viral so if you're on a television show and you're already in the public eye and, you know, a low-level star, but a star nonetheless, I mean, yeah, you got to be ready for that. Like, he, like, he's acting like he's the victim, which, I don't know, it's annoying. So he says, you know, the story's getting twisted. People say that I charged the mat, that I did all that. Okay, well, you did because there's a video. Like, okay. I don't think anyone's twisting anything. People are just watching the video and observing it. First of all, I am not the ref. Yeah, we know. <laughs> I should be the ref. Um, there's a ref out there being paid. If you miss one call, that's fine. It's no big deal. But if you're missing five calls, if the kid's out of bounds and he's pushing your son constantly or he's punching him in the back of the head while you're wrestling and then he sticks his tongue out at the parent, it's disrespectful. Okay, if all that happened, that's wrong. But that doesn't excuse the way that he handled it, Joe. I mean, I walked out there to tell the ref, you know, the way the ref reacted was uncalled for. He should have just sat there and listened. He started yelling. He's the one that caused the problem also, Joe added. So he's basically saying the ref missed five calls and he, when Joe stormed onto the mat angrily, the ref should have been like, let me listen to your concerns. No, that's not how it works. It's a very, and Joe should know that with kids in sports, it's very strict. It's like the second you lose your temper and a parent goes storming onto the field, they're out. That's how it is nowadays for good reason because people have hurt refs, like shit like that happens. And again, like maybe I don't know anything about wrestling or the rules or whatever, but that's just Joe telling us the ref missed calls. Like, you know, we have to kind of take it with a grain of salt. It could be true. I don't know. Um, so Melissa kind of excused it. Oh, this kind of thing happens all the time. We see parents blow up all the time, you know, basically, but we're on a reality show. So we're going to get called out. Yeah, that's true. You are on a reality show and you are reaping a lot of benefits. So you kind of have to deal with the bad stuff too. Now, a lot of people are online being like, if this was Louie, you know, Joe and Melissa would be talking about it, using it against him, saying he's a violent, you know, predator, that he's this, which that's 100% accurate. Like <laughs> this, let's be honest, this will probably not get talked about on any season of New Jersey. And if this was Louie, people would be absolutely freaking out. Now, a lot of people are definitely, I mean, here I am talking about it on the podcast, but a lot of people are also making excuses for him. I think the thing with Joe Gorga, I think him and Louie are very similar, actually. 
I think the problem is that Joe Gorga, he has charisma. Like, he's just, he's more funny. He can kind of, like, he makes funny jokes. And, yeah, like, he has charisma on camera. He's more fun, maybe lately not as much, but he's historically more fun to watch. And he's, like, he's likable. The thing with Louis is he's not likable. And he's not fun to watch. You know, he's more just weird. So I think that's why Joe Gorga gets away with a lot more. Because, like, historically, if we look at everything Joe Gorga's ever done, like, he's done just as many bad things as Louis has. But Louis gets a lot more um, critique from the public. You know, whether you like Teresa or not, that's, that is true. Because, you know, we know Frank, too, has done some really shady things, too, and some violent things. Um, but again... Frank is charismatic and he's more likable. That's just real. <laughs> so we'll see. But I don't think we'll hear about this again. Um, okay, so let's talk about Salt Lake City. Um, okay, apparently there... God, Salt Lake City is like... It's almost hard to keep up with because there is so much tea being spilt by these people like um you know the former Jen's former assistant the former dressmaker by Tanisha like it's just and it's it's kind of one of those things like you know when you say a word over and over again to the point that it loses meaning like that's the point that they're at they are putting out so much receipts that the receipts are now meaningless and just not that relevant but I'm still going to update you on all the tea because that's what we're here for. Um, so apparently, and again, take this with a big grain of salt, but there's quote unquote proof that Heather Gay was in on exposing Jen Shaw, or at least that's the kind of the question I'm asking. So was there? So there's text release from COA and COA is the, um, see the, he's the former assistant of Jen Shaw. And that allegedly proved that Heather had the footage of Jen Shaw at the start of February 2021. Now, again, we don't know if these texts are real. So COA released these. And here's the thing, like anybody can fabricate texts now. It's That's the thing that you can't trust. Anyone can get a friend to send them a bunch of texts and then rename the person in their phone. So it could say these, oh, these texts are from Heather, but really, you know, a friend sent you them. Someone else. So, yeah. So apparently these texts come from February 2021. And just for reference, Reality Von Tees, Tees's first post was March 2021. So basically what Koa is saying is that Heather was maybe jealous of Monica taking down Jen Shaw and she was the one who wanted to do it. This is what some people think. I don't know if I really agree with this. I feel like she maybe wanted to, but she was just in a position where she just couldn't. So she just had to kind of let, you know, the let things kind of work themselves out, like with the cord and all that. Okay. Um, so I have the text saved in my phone, so I'm going to read them and we can, you can kind of, you know, make of them what you will, as they say. So Heather says, if anyone, and by the way, sorry, I said Koa was the assistant. He was the dress designer. 
that she like yelled at in that video that was released by Reality Von Tees. If you haven't seen it, you can do a Google search and you'll find it. So if anyone asks why you don't work with her or if she tries to blame you, a two-second excerpt of that audio will vindicate. I can't stop thinking about it. And then Koa says, thank God for that recording. Heather says, your portfolio, your talent, and your dedication are a much more powerful voice. But yeah, receipts or it didn't happen. Koa says, exactly. Like, um, I don't know why she needs to keep discrediting us. Maybe Jen thought I did charity. I could write it off. She's trying to make our drama a felony and a storyline for season two. And then Heather says, a felony? And Koa says, yeah, she's claiming I stole from her, which I have receipts that I didn't. And then basically Heather asks, can I show this to Meredith? And Koa says, please do. And then Heather says, you need to get ahead of this. Can I give the audio to Bravo or PR? Koa says, the more you all know, the more Bravo will see. I'm getting threats of arrest. Like, what the fuck? I'm not scared. I'm annoyed. Heather says, ugh, I'm so sorry. I'll give them to Meredith. She will know what to do. She is wise and fair and smart. Unlike Jen, LOL. Koa says, and she has stolen gowns I've made her and she that she hasn't paid for. Heather says, make receipts ASAP documents. Okay, and then he kind of lists some receipts he has in relation to that. So again, a lot of people are like, okay, yes, those are receipts that would show that Heather knew about this recording and that maybe she was the one who wanted to get it out there. But again, you know, we don't know 100% if these receipts are authentic. So it's hard to even care about them, right? Like, it's like, okay, whatever. You know, there's so many texts getting released and, you know, Tanisha saying this and Monica saying that. And like, it's like, it's all over the place. Like, it's hard to even keep up with it at this point. So then I saw on Reddit that some people posted some receipts that apparently show that Monica, so shout out Reddit, subreddit, um, r slash Real Housewives, Bravo Real, is it Bravo? No, Real Housewives, sorry. Um, that show that Monica did get paid $500 for 96 hours of work, even though she said she didn't. I mean, do we really care about this that much? Like, I mean, that's nothing. Like, she's, I know she said she didn't get paid and she was helping her. I mean, this is practically not getting paid. But also, it's like, of course, she's going to say she didn't get paid for her work at the reunion. Because if she says that she got paid, it could be probably bad for, you know, legally, right? Because she probably, that money could be like, you know, ill gotten gains. And then she may have to give it back or whatever. So, yeah. There's also this article that's been floating around about Monica's house that says that Monica lives in a 1,200 square foot house, which when you look at pictures of her house, 1,200 square feet makes a lot more sense. But then she said 3,000 square feet at the reunion. So people are like, oh, well, that shows she's she lies. I mean... Then, you know, I had other people be like, oh, well, maybe she's including the basement, which you are not supposed to include the basement. Like when you do a real estate listing, listing, you do not include the basement. But even if she is including the basement, it's like, I don't know, who cares? But it's, here's the thing, you know, Monica does want to be part of this like elite group. And I do think that's why she, quote, rounded up, even if it was a big exaggeration. You know, I think she does care 
Like, I think she does want to, like, fit in with the housewives brand and persona and, like, be on the same level as the other women. Like, we saw the way she was with the bag. She freaking cried over it. And then at the airport, it was so cringe when she kept being like, Sanny's in the Louis. Like, you know, and she kept saying it, hoping someone was going to say something about her Louis Vuitton bag and no one did. So, you know, she does like she wants to fit in with the cool girls. So, like, I can't be that mad at her for that. Right. We've all been through that. We've all and like, you know, kind of like Andy said, like it is relatable. Monica also did a post on talking about domestic violence on social media. So she basically said that, you know, in the reunion part one, when she was asked about like the divorce and stuff, like she didn't give a ton of information and she you know, made note that it was 10 years ago and all that. And then she said on Instagram that basically, and that does kind of track because all this tracks, sorry, I'm kind of jumping around, but this tracks because she did say that, or we did find out that she recently got full custody and uh, support payments from her ex. So that would make sense as to why, because a lot of people are like, damn, you had an affair on your brother-in-law for that long. and you got like full custody and all this. So it does make sense if he has had charges of domestic violence, you know, which she said and that she didn't really want to talk about it on the show or say it. Um, but that was what happened and that it was very hard for her. So, you know, obviously that's, that's terrible. And that kind of makes sense. Um, there's a lot more to Monica than we know. And I think the, the issue that a lot of people have is it's hard to suss out like what's real and what's not. I don't think she's lying about this domestic violence thing because that's the kind of lie that, you know, her ex could easily refute and that could really hurt her, you know, chances of having like an amicable relationship with him and all that kind of stuff. So I, I don't think she'd lie about something that can, you know, kind of damage her family structure in that sense. But um, Linda also, Linda, which is Monica's mom, and we know she loves the Twitter, she or X, whatever, um, she took to the internet to tell everyone that Brie, who is Monica's oldest, is the, which, I mean, we could kind of figure this out on our own, but whatever. The Brie is the responsible one and has been holding down the fort since she was 12. And she goes on about it, about how Brie is so strong, etc. <laughs> and yeah, so she was kind of responding to like somebody saying, basically the person said, the person was criticizing Monica, saying she must be incredibly talented to manage her children and make a burn book. Nice job. Anyways, so then LD millionaire Linda says, Brie manages the children. Brie has been holding down the fort since she was 12. God bless Brie. Brie is a wonderful person. We're very close. I feel sorry for her plight. I call her Cinderella, which is like, ooh, because that's kind of implying Monica's like the evil stepmom. I know she's not a stepmom, but like just the role. And then they talk about how she wants to be a pilot and whatever. Anyways, nothing else that important in it. Lastly, Angie also after the reunion defended herself by posting from reality posting some screenshots from reality vontees cuz if you remember at the reunion Monica kept kind of trying to say that Angie was irrelevant 
Angie, you know, didn't have a big part in the season. Monica laughed when Angie said she was a pillar of the community, which we all kind of laughed at. Not that I don't think, like, maybe Angie does have a big role in her community. I have no idea. It was just the way she said it. And Angie's just like, she's not trying to be funny, but she's one of those housewives that isn't trying to be funny and camp, but she just is. So I don't know, laugh at a lot of stuff that she says. I just, I find her to be entertaining. But she defended herself and posted screenshots that basically came directly from Reality Vontees that were saying, you know, that like Angie's like a real one and Angie really is like an important person in the Salt Lake City community. Like it actually said stuff like that and that, you know, Angie is like, isn't like a fake like bullshitter like. Jen Shaw and that she's like a respectable businesswoman. So, you know, and Monica was running that account. Well, at least she was part of it. So that was kind of a good clapback. I almost wish, though, that she had said it at the reunion. Unless she did and it was edited out. Yeah, I got to go back and watch the unedited reunion before the next part comes out. Because I heard that I haven't watched it, but I heard there was like a lot of good stuff in it. So I'm kind of excited to check that out. All right, let's get into some Beverly Hills. First of all, Oliver Garcelle's son and Erica are not dating. Just in case you heard that, it is not true. So, I mean, I knew it wasn't true already because the account that tweeted it out was kind of, is kind of like puts out like troll posts like that and jokes. So you know, I, that's why I ignored it. I didn't post it on my, on, um, Instagram. I don't think I did. I hope I didn't. I don't remember posting it, but anyways, Oliver responded and was like, this is not true. I think he said he has a girlfriend now. I'm assuming not his ex-wife. Um, but yeah, not true. Um, so let's talk about other Beverly Hills news. I just wanted to clear that up. So Anne Marie, our new, least favorite Real Housewife of Beverly Hills, was on Page Six's virtual reality podcast. And basically, they asked her about esophagus gate, which, God, it's her talking about Sutton's esophagus is like, it's just, it is very Beverly Hills. Because Beverly Hills is very like, they've, the last few years has been very like dog with a bone storylines. Like they will not, they'll like latch onto something and then they never let go of it. It's very annoying. And Anne-Marie is being trained by Kyle, you know, and that's like the Fox Force Fives method is pick something and use it as the drama for the whole season to distract from our other stuff. And Anne-Marie's doing that too, right? So now she's been called out though by Dr. Moon from former Real Housewives franchise of Dallas, and also by Dr. Nicole, who is um, from Real Housewives of Miami. I don't know why it took me so long to say that, sorry. So this is what Amory said. I was very hurt by Dr. Nicole doing that. As a colleague in anesthesia practice, she knows my training. Why wouldn't you offer that professional courtesy and reach out to me and kind of ask, why were you doing that? I actually reached out to her and she didn't respond. It's about trying to capitalize off of the BH show. And I guess it's what the kids call clout chasing, right? So Amory is trying to say that Dr. Nicole is clout chasing. 
off of her. See, here's the thing that pisses me off is that there's already a lot of talk from housewives of other franchises that say that Kyle and Dorit are snobby, aren't weren't nice to people at BravoCon, think they're like above everyone else. And now Emery has come in and she's clearly like Kyle's little friend and minion. And, you know, she's already, even though she's already only on one season and she's barely had any airtime, and she's already acting like she's above a housewife from another franchise. Like, give me a break. Like, maybe stop listening to everything Kyle tells you. And also, let's not count our chickens before they hatch, Anne-Marie, because I have a feeling that you will not be on this show much longer. No, Dr. Nicole is not trying to clout Chase off Beverly Hills. She's a doctor. People asked her. She kept getting DMs and tags. Of course she would, because this esophagus thing has blown up. And people keep tagging her. It's not like Dr. Nicole like just went on just because she wanted to be part of the conversation. Like people were tagging and asking Dr. Moon and Dr. Nicole because they are the two doctors in the Bravo verse. Well, the two doctors in the Real Housewives verse, I should say. Okay, because we also have married medicine too. Anyways, so I don't know. I really didn't like that Amory said that. I thought that was really crappy of her to say. And like, sorry, but. Nicole has a much bigger fan base than you and is a established housewife and you're like a sort of glorified friend of like I get she's part of the cast but kind of not I don't know it's weird she doesn't seem like a full-time cast member I feel like they were gonna give her more on the show when they signed her on but then and I feel like they had to re-edit things I really do I really feel like because of the sexual assault allegations that came out about her husband, they've kind of, they've still put her on as full time, but they're downgrading the amount of time she has on camera. And I think she won't be back next season. That's just my opinion. Okay, let's talk about um, Vanderpump Rules. So, because Ariana is suing Tom Sandoval to sell their house, which I think is the right decision because my God, like how long are they going to be living in this house together? I totally support her in like standing her ground and not leaving the house, like not giving it up to him because he, this is a complete like narcissistic control move. Like he is staying in that house it's a power move. He wants to show that like he's got power over her and he thinks if he just goes on living there like normal and having parties and doing whatever the hell he wants to do that she'll eventually cower and leave. So I'm glad she's not doing that. And she said on Watch What Happens Live to Andy that she wants to sell it, have them split it, the proceeds and go their separate ways, which is the logical thing to do but he's refusing and that she kept reaching out to his lawyer or her lawyer kept reaching out and they were being essentially ignored. 
So she wants a partition by sale, according to TMZ. She wants a judge to force them to sell the house and divide the proceeds. She does not want a division in kind, which would allow each of them to retain their ownership interest in the property, and one of them could theoretically sell it to a third party. So that's what she's trying to avoid. She just wants them to sell it and divide proceeds, which obviously makes the most sense. Um, Now, we all know in another story that Rachel Levis um, has her own podcast. This is not something that I want to give a lot of attention to because I can't stand this woman. But when there's something that's worth reporting on, I'll report on it. So I do want to mention that she did talk about Graham, the dog that her and James had together. So she went on her podcast to say that James was not a good dog owner. He would taunt the dog, kick him off the couch, encourage him to bite him, reinforce this behavior, would get drunk and yell, and Graham was scared and would hide under the couch. Do I believe all this? Yes, I do. Because <laughs> it is very on brand. It's That's James. That's the James that we know, right? Now, does that absolve her? of all her responsibility for what happened with this dog? No. She still dropped him off at a shelter. That doesn't erase that. Instead of, you know, getting him the help that he needs or making sure he was, you know, giving him to Vanderpump Dogs or doing whatever the right next step would be. She didn't do that. So, you know, I feel like she, I just feel like she never learns anything. She, every time she gets on the mic, it's to talk about the bad things that other people did. And no, she doesn't explicitly say that makes me more innocent, but that is the implication. So she also talks about who made the first move between her and Tom, which I think it's the whole discussion is so stupid. It doesn't matter who made the first move. But she talks about like, like, I understand why she's putting it out there. So I do understand the motive because Tom was on the two T's in a pod podcast (laughs) and he was trying to make it out like, you know, she doesn't take any responsibility and that, you know, she took advantage of this like sad, broken man and, and that's bullshit. But like, we all knew that was bullshit. We all knew that. Like, I don't think she needed to prove anything. So I don't fault her. But, you know, that being said, I don't fault her, even though I don't think anyone believed him or gave a shit. I still don't think that, you know, she needed to go on and do this, but I can understand why she wanted to say something about it. However, I did take issue with the way in which she relayed the story because she says, oh, yeah, you know, he asked if I wanted a nightcap and I was like, oh, twist my arm. Why don't you like, I don't think that's what happened. I think the two of you were flirting all night Ariana was at home sleeping. He asked you to come in for a nightcap. You wanted to. I don't think he had to twist your arm. I think he asked once and you said yes. I think you wanted to make out with him just as much as he wanted to make out with you, like all that. Then she says, oh, they got into the pool. She was just in her underwear and like this corset top. He was only in boxers. You know, she really acts like, oh, she was just like sitting in the pool waiting in, in, you know, he came over, spun her around and kissed her and she was surprised 
like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. You're at a guy's house at three in the morning. You've been drinking and probably flirting all night. You go into his backyard with him. You take off your clothes for a dip in the pool. Both of you strip down to your underwear. Give me a break. Like, let's stop with this, like, innocent, like, oh, my God, was, oh, he, he, what? He wants to kiss me? We were going to kiss? I'm, I'm shocked. Like, she wasn't shocked. They both were flirting. They probably both wanted it. And it was just like, you know, who's going to make the first physical move? But trust me, those mental moves were being made by both, okay? Just the fact that she even would go in with him, that alone is like, that's a move. You're giving him a message. You're going with a man who is in a relationship while his partner is asleep. That alone, you are telling him you're open to this. Okay. So then and she does say she was surprised, but happy. So clearly she was probably giving him the signals as we do when you want somebody to kiss you. And the interviewer is like, oh, you just got caught up in the moment. I mean, I could say the same about him. And he could say the same about himself to defend himself. That's why the whole who kissed who first is completely irrelevant. They're both guilty. She said that he put his hands in his head after and he was all upset after they kissed, but then asked her to come talk to him in his car and then they had sex. So, okay, okay. And then followed about, about a bunch, you know, she followed this up with a bunch of excuses about how she felt infatuated, how she felt loved and blah. Like, again, it's the same excuses that, like, you have excuses and so does Tom. Her excuses are that, oh, she finally felt loved and the adrenaline and, and his excuse was, oh, his girlfriend wasn't giving him what he needed. Like, they're both just making a bunch of excuses and they're both equally at fault. And that's where I fall on this situation. Um, last piece of Vanderpump news. So, new season of EPR starts on the 30th. And I'm excited. I'm not as excited as I am about Summer House because the Summer House preview looks way better. And I just feel like they don't have as much to go on. Like I wasn't, I wasn't that blown away by the Vanderpump Rules reunion. I mean, preview. I'm not sure that, I don't know how much more longevity they have. Yeah, I'm a little worried about them. Um, but it starts on the 30th, in case you didn't know that, January 30th. And Katie was on Nick Vial's podcast and said that basically her and Lala had a tough season and that they have short fuses with each other. So is that something to look forward to? You can decide. I mean, I guess I'm kind of excited about that. Like, I guess the friendship dynamics, that is really the thing of the show. And I, I could see the two of them having maybe different opinions about how to handle the Ariana Tom situation. So that could be interesting. So the last thing I want to talk about today is in relation to uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, because there is something significant that happened, which is that the executive producer and showrunner, Eric Fuller, was fired. So this is a big deal. And this is a big deal for us uh, Potomac fans as well, because he is also the executive producer of that show. So he posted basically that he's looking for a new role. 
and that he's, yeah, like job searching. So it seems that he was fired. And a lot of people have been really blaming him for the downfall of the two shows. I mean, I don't think either show has been that bad. I think, I feel like they get a lot more critique than some of the other shows. And I don't think they've been like, yeah, they haven't had their strong, their last two seasons have not been like the strongest seasons. No, but they haven't been terrible and they're still pulling in good ratings. That being said, Candy did say, I just saw this today before I started recording, that no one in the Atlanta world, in terms of the cast, have been reached out to by Bravo, and that it's kind of freaking them out. So they have no idea what's going on either with casting, etc. So I don't know if they are, you know, it's taking a long time for us to get any news about the new casting, which is longer than usual. So it's kind of tough to say at this point, like, what is going on with Atlanta? Are they going to be like, is it going to be a whole new cast? Or is it going to be just a few overhauls? Like, I don't know. Are they trying to get Portia back? Like, I don't know what's going on. I'm dying to know, though. You know, but maybe getting rid of Eric Fuller is a step in the right direction. Because, you know, the show did need... It just needs a new showrunner. It wasn't going well, you know, and they need, they do, they do need some kind of change. So hopefully this helps. Because those are like two of my favorite shows and I need them to be resuscitated. In relation to Atlanta, Cynthia Bailey, her ex, Peter Thomas, was arrested for a DUI recently. So I just saw this a few days ago, and he was charged with a whole bunch of misdemeanors, including driving without a license, violation of traffic control, expired tag slash no tag, DUI, failure to maintain lane, and no proof of insurance. So it seems like he was definitely drunk driving, which is not good. So we will, I guess, hear more about that in the coming weeks. All right. So I hope you all enjoyed yourselves for today and you are now updated and in the know for everything Bravo. See you next time. Thanks for listening, everyone. Your support really means everything to me. And this show wouldn't be possible without you, the listeners. So please, if you enjoy the podcast, leave a five-star rating and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. For more, you can join my Patreon, patreon.com slash bravoandbotox, And for $5 a month, you'll get four extra podcast episodes a month. You'll also get early releases of Bravo Paper episodes and more. Please also subscribe to my YouTube channel at The Bravo Papers and follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at Bravo and Botox and at The Bravo Papers. If you'd like to buy me a coffee, you can at buymeacoffee.com slash bravo and botox you know send your love through some much needed caffeine and any guest that was on today's episode will be in the show notes all their social media and contact information so thank you so much everyone keep overanalyzing bravo